0: There's reasons we don't get each other. Yeah. And it's not that we don't love each other. It's that we've never really been taught to communicate at this level.
1: It's also not that we're not yeah. good communicators because most of us are definitely communicating things. Clearly. Angela
0: is an excellent communicator, <laughs> but there are a lot of times when I somehow get lost. I don't <laughs> understand what she's saying. And especially in moments of distress. Yeah. This, this is, is the, the Connecting, Connecting Couples Podcast with, with the, the real Emhoffs. Emhoffs.
1: I'm Angela Emhoff.
0: And I'm Chad Emhoff. And we're in our final segment on finding a common language, allowing our partner into our experience. We've really tried to break down the importance of language, of the words that we say. We've started to kind of say, hey, these are some tools that we can use. We're going to break those down a little bit further in this segment. And we said, there's reasons we don't get each other. And it's not that we don't love each other. It's that we've never really been taught to communicate at this level.
1: It's also not that we're not yeah. good communicators because most of us are definitely communicating things. Clearly. Angela
0: is an excellent communicator, <laughs> but there are a lot of times when I somehow get lost. I don't <laughs> understand what she's saying. And especially in moments of distress, yeah. especially in moments when she's really struggling and probably needs me most. And so that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, in this segment, not only help you communicate about what's happening, communicate about perms the physical emotional relational mental and spiritual place that you're in but also find a way to invite your partner in to invite that response that we all need in moments of distress let's talk
1: about the response for just a second because if i have a withdrawer who is finally getting out of his head he's taken this in he understands the importance of sharing what's going on what his experience is and he comes to me and he says this is how i'm feeling emotionally or this is what my body is telling me in that moment. There is an expectation in that moment we've been waiting for. We've queued it up. We're there to connect. He has shared his heart and now Da, da, da. What do I do? I have to respond to him. And there is a response in that moment that will be more effective than a, a response that isn't as effective.
0: Yeah. Can we just talk about that for a second, Angela? I love this idea that somebody might come in and say, I feel this perms, right? Physically, emotionally, relationally, mentally, spiritually. I feel these things going on or inside Or let's me. say I'm on yeah. a scale
1: of two to eight anxiety level, and I tell you I'm at an eight now what?
0: Yes. And so it's, it's important that we know how we can respond. I've kind of got about three ways that I can think of to respond to that. The first and probably most important way to respond to someone is to give them the st- space just to process. So just being present is a response. I've heard it over and over that people say, I just want someone to be here just to listen. I don't need an answer. I don't need anything from you other than to be heard. And so number one is listen, hear it, hear the story. Try to stay out of the solution and the solve mode. Listen to the story and stay with the person. Just be present. That's number one. Number two is sometimes it requires a physical response. Hey, I'm going to actually, I want to hold you. I want to be close to you. If your body is feeling bad, you're in a bad place and you're feeling alone and heavy and sad, come here. Let me hold you. Let me be close to you in the way that you're asking for. And the third I would think of is a spiritual response. Well, hey, let's pray about this. Let's invite God into this. Let's see if we can spend some time in prayer about your job or the uh, people outside of us. And then actually I just thought of a fourth one, which is maybe do the task. Sometimes we get task oriented, but, but sometimes there is an actual, hey, we need to go do the thing. And that's overwhelming to me. And so we can listen to anxiety. If it's a scale of one to 10, it's at an eight and I'm thinking about all the stuff I have to get done at work. Well, heck, I'm here. What would you like me to do? Right? And so then we can actually respond. So there's four quick ways that we can respond to that stressful moment or that stressful thing.
1: Okay, so those are great things to do, Chad, but I still sometimes struggle with when do I do which one? How do I know when you need me to listen to you or when you need me to do the task? More importantly, let's say I'm coming at you with pursuer energy at an anxiety level eight and I need to talk it through and you come in to hug me and I'm not ready for a hug or (laughs) you leave the room to go do something because I tell you the house is messy and that's got me stressed out, but I still need you to listen. So as this process evolves. It is important that if you're in the moment going, I don't know what to do, you're allowed to say, hey, I hear you talking. I hear you clearly have something important to say to me. I'm taking it in. Thank you for sharing. Can I just ask really quick, what hat do you need me to have on? What do you need from me? Do you need me to just listen? Do you need me to help troubleshoot solutions? Should we just get some stuff done? Would that make you feel better? Either way, if you come to me and say, I have something to share with you and I know what I need, so I'm going to tell you, that's great. Or if you start sharing and your partner is confused, if you're the person listening and you don't really know, you're allowed to say, time out. What do you need from me? Now keep going because I want to respond well. I want to make sure that I respond well to the fact that you've just opened up.
0: Yeah. No, that, that, that makes complete sense. And so it's like, we do. We want to respond to each other and we want to be able to kind of hold that space that is, I almost want to call it sacred space, the spot where I'm saying, I'm going to let you in. I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to be intimate with you. I'm going to show you how I'm doing physically. I'm going to let you into my emotional world, into a place that maybe I'm kind of insecure about. And and I'm going to ask you to maybe respond to that even. That's a big ask, Ange. That's a big ask for me to take the time to break it down and slow down and say, this is what's going on inside. And I think I would like, I would like you to come close to me.
1: Let's for just a second, shift it into some of the ways our pursuer and withdrawer tendencies can hijack a good open up, a good um, expression, because let's say Chad does come in and share that he's had a hard day at work or open up emotionally. I can, as a pursuer, have a tendency to want to point out how his day went wrong. I can start to kind of, well, it's because, Chad, you didn't express yourself or you didn't stand up for yourself or I told you that you should have been more organized or da-da-da-da-da. Here I go. It is a pursuer's strategy sometimes to assess where it went
0: wrong and offer solutions. And I got to tell you, probably those solutions are right. Probably I did do those things and probably I could even get on board. I should have been more organized and stood up for myself and engaged in the conversation and done all the things.
1: (laughs) And your day would have not been so hard. And it would have
0: probably been better. But the problem is that's all in the past. And what does a withdrawer do with that? Exactly. It, it causes division. I shut down. I feel like a yeah. failure. Now I'm like, yeah, you're Lands right. Lands like criticism,
1: yep. not like I'm listening. Let's flip that for a second. Let's say I, as a pursuer, had a really hard day. I have a lot of energy. It still feels chaotic. And I just start kind of opening up, kind of dumping all of that onto Chad. It can be easy for him to immediately, Even he even just said one yeah. of the solutions is that fourth one he added, go to a task. And if he goes to the task, I can feel like he's withdrawing or abandoning the the fact that I'm sharing something that feels urgent or desperate to me. And so those tendencies that we can lean towards do show up when our partner finally opens up or even starts to get into some of their deeper feelings. I mean, there's a a good reason why we get into these negative cycles and misunderstand each other or go to a different, you know,
0: response than we need to. I feel like that's worth like putting an exclamation point and a star and circling. I don't know how you do that on a podcast, but I'm like, (laughs) I want to say like that you cannot go to doing before you understand the present experience of your partner. If you go to do, if I go to doing before I understand where you're at, Angela, if I go clean the living room, I've literally told you that what you're saying, what you're feeling doesn't kind of matter. And I'm going to go do the thing to kind of solve the thing. And and that really just speaks to your worth. It's like, now I've left you and I'm going, even if I'm excellent at it, let's say I'm an excellent cleaner. I'm not, but let's (laughs) say I was, and I go in the living room and I clean the living room, the kitchen, the bathrooms. I do all of it better than Angela could. Again, can't do that. But if, if I did, that would only really serve to prove that she wasn't good at her job. Yeah.
1: Or and that, it what ramps I, up her anxiety. The task that I yeah. like to do.
0: And so it doesn't, I love what you're saying. And, and I add the fourth one because after we've heard each other, after I've seen you, after I've been with you and I kind of get your experience, I hear you out, I say, thank you for letting me in. Then maybe we can, in fact, most of the time, the task isn't that hard. It's just that somebody's been left alone with it, and they need to be heard so that we can go conquer the thing together and solve the problem, which is true. We do need to solve problems so that we can come back together and be okay. But if we don't listen, if we don't hear each other, man, we miss and we really affirm the negative cycles that play out and really wreck relationship.
1: My day is hard and I want to share that with you. Not so you can tell me all the ways tomorrow won't be hard or the next time I can do it better, but because hard is, is bad to experience alone. Yeah. The reason we share with our partner is because we want to deep down know we're not alone. We long for that connection. So this process isn't only to say, oh, I had a hard day. Oh, I'm sorry you had a hard day. This process is designed to say, man, I just kind of feel alone with my stuff. I'm going to share whatever it is with you. You hear it, take it in, say, I hear it. I understand your experience. We're together. As soon as that togetherness happens, as soon as that alignment happens, man, we can get a whole bunch of stuff done together. We're, we're in a good place. We're connected. We're secure. We can take on things. We're twice as efficient. But if I don't feel understood or if I, if I feel dismissed or if Chad doesn't feel understood and he just feels criticized or shut down, we can't get anything done. We feel horrible. Yeah. Well, then we're operating out of like our shame and insecurity trying to strive to outperform it, but still feel alone.
0: Such a good point. And I want to say the same thing about the flip side of this coin, just briefly, it, oftentimes I might be able to see you in a hard place. I might notice that you're ramped up intense before you notice that you're ramped up intense. Absolutely. Tents. And so it's it's I want to say handle with caution. This might like have another little star by it. I don't know why I'm using <laughs> graphics on a Chad's podcast. got gotten highlighter into our <laughs> podcast and he's
1: trying to highlight
0: words but, in here. But but I'm I'm saying if if you can you know being able to go hey I I see a lot happening. You know, I, I kind of feel some energy in the room, and if, if I'm in a good place, and I come to Angela and say that, I say something's going on. Can we can we take a minute to assess this, right? I don't want to say, hey, you've got a lot of energy and something's going on yeah. over there. I really want to come if I'm going to try yeah. to use this on the other side of it and say, I feel the energy, I see your tension, I know you're carrying a lot. This isn't to say that you can't carry it. If you want to carry it, that's fine. But I'm with you on this, yeah. right? Can we take a minute and, and I want to I want to say tune into you. I want to Really, maybe we use perms, or maybe we use a scaling question, or maybe we we can yeah. use that to kind of say, "Hey, I'm with you, but I'm also trying to take the temperature of our relationships, yeah. so to speak, so that I can show up for you, so that I don't." And I, it's hard for me because if I see Angela in a bad place, I remember coming back after a trip. I just go to doing, like I'm okay. I'm going to unpack my suitcase. I'm going to do all the stuff. I'm going to do the dishes. I'm going to start my own laundry. I'm going to clean up the, whatever I have to do. And I'm like, in some ways, that's good. because it gets us ahead. But as I came back, it it was like, she kind of still got missed. Yeah. I left her in in that process. And so I think it's good for me to come in and say, Hey, I want to take the temperature of the relationship. I really want to tune in. I see that you've been stressed and alone. How can I show up for you? And then, and then we can go to doing,
1: I want you to pay attention to the tone Chad is using with this approach. I mean, if you're going to approach your partner with hey, I see that there might be something going on for you. I see that there might be something wrong, might even be the word you use. And that sometimes, if I flip it, right, this is a withdrawer saying to the pursuer, hey, it seems like you've got something going on and I want to be there for you. This is the world of the, the withdrawal when a pursuer says, hey, what's wrong with you? You're quiet. Why are you shut down? Nothing. That's not the <laughs> right way to approach. Yeah. Pursuers often can see or perceive something's going on for their withdrawal. And we even, with the best intent, can say, hey, what's going on for you? Yeah. And it can land wrong. And so these tools, as Chad is saying aren't just for a self-assessment to let your partner in. They are an assessment that can be used relationally together if you can sense your partner has something going on and you want to get into it. I want to just kind of break down maybe a a couple of phrases that you can use in the approach. If you're a withdrawer and you want to say to your pursuer, hey, something's up, I can tell, a lot of times, Pursuers pay so much attention to all of the details that if a withdrawer approaches with something that we've missed, we can really kind of freak out. We can be like, "What? you know, don't tell me I'm getting it wrong. I'm really working hard and now you're pointing out the one thing. And so a, a softer way, even in Chad's tone a minute ago, kind of lays out, hey, I'm approaching you gently to say I'm here for you. But I've even had withdrawers use this phrase, I'm hesitant to bring this up because I don't want it to land wrong, but I just feel like there's something going on for you and I want to kind of understand it better. I mean, that tone and approach is not critical. It's soft and it's connecting. Flip that on the other side. For me to say to Chad, hey, what's wrong with you? (laughs) <laughs> doesn't really go well.
0: Well, I've got to, uh, and, and it, it doesn't. That kind of feels like the criticism again. So it's like, if I'm going to receive something like that, I would really love for you to come in and say, hey, I really appreciate all you're doing, but... It seems like something's hard or maybe maybe something's happening and I want to understand you.
1: And sometimes I'll even say, I do not want this to land like criticism. Yeah. I'm not yeah. in a place where I'm being critical. I'm just observing there's something there and I'm trying to be curious about it. Can you help me understand your experience? That's so much more inviting than hey, what's wrong?
0: Yeah. And it feels so much better yeah. on this side of it. So we're tentatively, and again, putting the star and highlighting and circling in the air, mm-hmm. uh, this idea that we can use perms to say, hey, I want to take a quick assessment with you. I want to sit down with you. Not because I'm, not because I see something wrong with you. Not because I'm, I'm critical of yeah. you or, or not because I'm, you know, blaming or whatever that thing might be, but because I just want us to be connected. Because I just want us to know each other, and show up for each other.
1: And so wrapping up this series, we're going to queue up the connect point for this specific episode, which is about the response. When you've gotten the words down, when you're starting to use these tools, the assessment tools, the PERMs, the scaling question or the scaling explanation, and you've really started to open up to your partner, can you think about ideally how your partner could respond in a way that would help you, in a way that would comfort you? We want you to have a conversation around an ideal response. Because if you can say to your partner, hey, I had a really hard day and I just need you to listen to me. how That's so helpful for your partner to know. Okay, just listen. Go. I'm here.
0: I'm listening. (laughs) I'm listening. Or on the flip side, if you can say to your partner, "I, I had a hard day and I just need a hug. Yeah. Right? How simple is a hug? It's pretty simple. Yeah.
1: And so we want you to consider some of these moments where if you start to unpack some of these deeper emotion, relational, mental things that are happening, if they're not going well, or maybe even they are, and you decide to share those with your partner, what would an ideal response be? And can you kind of let your partner in on what that response could be so that they know? So that the next time you guys have this interaction, your partner is queued up to respond better to you in a way that is effective and a way that connects you as a couple.
0: Thanks so much for checking this out. As always, the best thing you can do for us, if you enjoyed this, share this podcast with a friend or a relative. We'd love for you to write a review on Google or on iTunes. Definitely give us a like or thumbs up on YouTube. We really appreciate you checking it out. We do desire to help you to help your relationship and to really impact our community, our world through relationships. Thanks so much. Catch up with you in the next series.